put down the goddamn drugs and pick up a fucking donut, dude. I mean, I'm telling you, you are probably sitting somewhere homeless, fucking cold, down to your last few cigarettes, and got no money in your pocket, can't buy no drugs, and I know you're fucking hungry, you know? I know a goddamn cream stick sound good right about now. And honestly, when I when I decided to put down the drugs, I picked up a fucking donut. That's what I replaced my addiction with. I said I'll put down the dope, pick up a donut hole. And honestly, it's not a shameful decision. Is it the best decision? Probably not. But I'll tell you what, I'm sitting in a treatment center and I see, uh, you know, the news come on every morning and Kudrowski's bakery. If you're from, you know, Lorraine County, you know, Kudrowski's is getting this award for the best bakery in the nation or Ohio something. And it gets me thinking, God damn, I could fuck up a cream stick right about now. Right from Kudrowski's. That's that's on God. So I'm thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? Obviously, I got this void I need to fill. Should I fill it with God or should I fill it with a goddamn glazed donut? Which one do you think I chose? If you pick God, you're wrong. And it's not a it's not a bad thing. If God works for you, that's great. The donut hole works for me. Let me just give you a little play by play. When you're withdrawing from heroin, the body needs sugar. It makes it feel a little bit better, somewhat bearable. So I basically fixated on donuts for 90 goddamn days. Get out. What's the think the first thing I did was when got me a goddamn donut, baby. Nowadays, I'll fuck up a six pack like it ain't nobody's business. I drive past a fucking Dunkin' Donuts. I start sweating. I got a decision to make, boyo. What you gonna do? What you gonna do with that twenty dollars? You gonna you gonna buy some drugs? You gonna buy some donuts? Simple. And in that moment, you gotta make a fucking life changing decision. What you gonna do? And I don't discriminate. I had all the donuts, glazed, chocolate. You know, uh, blueberry. It don't matter. It don't matter, dude. I'll know. I'll do it all. And I know that I'm calling uh, the cream stick, the maple and vanilla cream stick. God damn, that shit hits. But every time I order, I feel suspect calling it a cream stick. So this is how I pull up. I say, hey, can I get one of them? Uh, one of them maple donuts with the with the stuff inside, but not the custard frosting and they'll be like oh yeah the cream stick and i'll be like oh yeah i think that's it like i don't know like i don't know what it's called come on now i know damn well what it's called but something about it man it just seems suspect for me to be saying cream stick you know the reason i think it's probably suspect is you ever looked at where they where they fill that little thing you ever really studied that hole it looks awfully familiar dog Maybe that's the suspect part of it. Look like a tight little sphincter. Like a little like a little butthole. So I'd be staring at that thing. Sometimes I get some sinful thoughts, you feel me? And that's because I didn't welcome the Lord in. I welcomed him welcome in the uh the jelly filled powder donut instead. Even that one. Kind of suspect. You know, you get up to that little hole, you start giving a little lick, a little nibble. What's that? Oh, shit. That's the strawberry jam, baby. 
and it fucking tastes good. Oh my god, I'm getting all hot and bothered talking about donuts. Fucking first thing on the show. Here we go, and let's fucking get into it, boys. Back with the Mind If I Crash podcast. Here we are. It's been a long time. It's been like three months since you guys have gotten a fucking thing from this from this show in particular. But here I am, and I'm here to bring you guys some naughty content, as always. I don't know what episode it is. It's really been that long. So let's just say it's its own it's its own beast. It's its own entity. I really started uh, getting into some anime. I'm watching this uh, show called Demon Slayer right now. My, my brother put me onto it. And, you know, I know anime is a cartoon, but that thing could be furthest from a kid show. First about, uh, I don't know, five minutes into the show, I'm watching people get decapitated, fucking blood, guts everywhere, some scary looking shit coming out of the walls. It's insane. If you guys are into anime, let me know what you guys think about Demon Slayer. Me personally, I think that shit goes hard. I don't know a whole lot about it. I know enough. But I don't know a whole whopping ton. But that shit's got me hooked. There's only one season, but it's got me hooked. I mean, if I'm not doing shit, guess what I'm doing? I'm eating a goddamn donut and watching motherfucking Demon Slayer. If you guys aren't in anime, I would say that that is a good entryway into starting to get a taste for that kind of stuff. Because I didn't know how I was going to feel about it. You know, some of it, I know from what I've seen on other shows, it's hard to follow. It's hard to fucking, you know, get down. But that shit goes hard, dog. Stupid. And now, you know, now I'm start focusing on my breathing. I think, you know, I could go all, you know, anime on the shit. When I'm out here in the real world, I start doing some, you know, some water breathing and shit. I'm just rambling. You guys probably don't even know what the fuck I'm talking about. Anyway, we got some shit we're going to talk about today. First being, you guys ever had that cat back when you were a child that would kind of just pop up from every house in the neighborhood? He was like the uh, the playtime attorney. He was your 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 child your child lawyer, and he would kind of come out and say you were you were grounded, you did something you shouldn't have, and he would come to the house, knock on the door, and he'd be like, hey. Can Tristan come out and play? They were like, no, no, he's he's not allowed today. And he'll start doing some fact-finding for you. Well, what did he do? You know, he'd look at talking to a grown-ass parent, six years old. Well, what did he do? And, you know, they're probably looking at him like, this little bastard, what the fuck is he questioning me for? He'd be taking detailed notes. Uh-huh. Okay. And how long is he going to be out for? Okay. Two weeks. Gotcha. And is there any chance that he can be up for parole soon? Maybe, say, in the next 10 minutes? And, you know, oftentimes than not, he usually has got a very, very low success rate when it comes to uh, striking a plea deal when you're grounded, you know? Parents aren't quick to uh, make an agreement with a six-year-old, an eight-year-old, even a, you know, uh, a, a tween to be, you know, specific um they're not quick to listen to a child let's just put it that way but sometimes he would do the right thing he get the right negotiating and what you know you out you out on bond baby you getting out you might have to go back but you getting out for a little bit you get to go play with your friends 
For me, that was my boy, Justin, because he didn't give a fuck. I don't think he really seen size or age when we were children. I just think he'll walk right up to a motherfucker and tell him what he was really thinking. And honestly, him and his sister were that way. They don't give a fuck. They weren't afraid of nobody. So they just start walking up to people, asking them shit, grown ass adults. What's wrong with your baby? Why'd your baby cry like that? Why your baby do that? But they were also like little grown ass adults. Cause then they had take the baby, they'll rock the baby, they'll put the baby to bed. Shit was insane to me. You know, nowadays I get into some trouble and I gotta, you know, appoint an attorney. Guess who I'm calling? Justin motherfucking mop boy. Come get me out the come get me out the slammer, dude. I'm locked up and they won't let me out. And he'll pull up tough. And he probably he probably strike a deal. I don't know if it'll be in my favor, but he'll strike some sort of deal. If anyone was meant to probably be an attorney, be a lawyer, be a, maybe a judge, it was that dude from a young age. I mean, it was insane the type of shit he would. He could know he wasn't going to win that argument. He is still go go have some words and never in a disrespectful way. But he was going to try. He's like my, he's like a child, Michael Jordan. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You know, that was his mentality. And say we had a little pickup game, a little uh, football game pickup uh, tackle style out in the neighborhood. And they were down one player. Say they needed that, that defensive lineman. He'll go do a wind sprint down to the Taliano household and try to break me out. And I told you all in the, in the past, I spent a lot of my, my childhood grounded. In, in kid jail, as some might call it. And it was solitary confinement in that motherfucker. I was in my room. I didn't even get an hour of playtime. I got an hour to eat. Get the fuck back in that room, dude. We ain't playing with your little dumbass today. And honestly, that's my own doing. But when you need a real one to come break you out, what you think? One time they were having an airsoft war throughout the whole neighborhood. And I was grounded. I'm outside shooting hoops, getting a little rec time in. You know, I'm getting my, my solo rec opportunity. Break a quick sweat, get your ass back in the house. Well, while I'm out there, wh- what do I know? My squad pulls up tough. And they said, hey, we know you grounded to the house. So we're going to use your house as our base. And they held the bitch down, gave me a strap and everything. They said, here's this gun, hold it down. You see anyone come or we get shot, you're the medic. We got to come back to you. You got to nurse us back to health. We go back out in the battlefield. I said, I bet. That's what it's like to have some real fucking friends, dude. Just as children, they said, man, T would have loved to be a part of this. We're going to make him a medic. We go use his house as a sanctuary. And, you know, more times than not, as long as I abided by the rules and not leaving the driveway my parents will let me do it they'll let me get away with it you know so here i am a convicted um you know serial um rule breaker locked up one minute and i'm nursing people back to health the next you know war war medic style you know Grab the morphine. He's losing blood. Grab the morphine. Get me uh 
Get me a towel. Apply pressure. He's losing blood quick. I don't think he's going to make it. Call in, call, in the, call in the chopper. We need to get him out of here. We're under fire. We got to get him out. I was so, I was so invested in my role. Whenever it was playtime, I was always invested. Even, even as uh, a solo playtime, you know, Sabi in the backyard, and I had this giant, you know, toy sword that was like a replica of the one in the Lord of the Rings. And I'd be out there on some, you know, Knights of the Round Table shit, fucking hitting trees with the sword, pow, fucking doing cool shit, swinging the sword around like a ninja and striking a pose and shit. This motherfucker calling me. Sorry, fucking dumbasses don't know when to not call. They know you're recording. They still call you anyway. Ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. You tell someone every week, do not call me. Do not text me. I am recording a show. What the fuck do they do? They call you anyway. They literally find the dumbest fucking reason to call you. And they do it anyway. It's insane to me. Absolutely baffling. Back to the fucking story. Sorry that some people obviously don't give a fuck about the podcast. Now, here we are. I'm playing around. I'm doing ninja shit. I get into this intense heated battle with the tree who's, you know, also, uh, you know, uh, at dark night, you know, practicing the uh, the witchcraft or something. Maybe a little goblin. I don't know. I'm fighting something. I'm beating the dog shit out of this tree. Right. The tree fighting back hits me in the ribs. I get sliced by the sword. I'm down. I'm on the I'm out on the ground. I'm, I'm holding my ribs. and I'm trying to fight off the ground with my sword. And I hear someone laughing and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm deep, deep into my role, mind you. And I hear someone laughing and it breaks my concentration. I look over and I see my neighbors out on the back porch. And I'm not just talking to, I'm talking the whole fucking family out on the back porch watching me. And they're laughing. Obviously, they they probably think it's cute. I'm just a little kid. I got so fucking embarrassed that I ran in the house. I looked at them. I started crying. I ran in the house. I got upset, you know, and I was been out of shape. I don't want to go out there and play no more. I didn't want to do it for a long time. And my mom had to just say, look, I don't think they were laughing at you. They might have been laughing with you. And who cares what anyone thinks? You're having fun. And I said, you know what? You're right. So we got a, you know, we got a pretty good snowstorm that year. So what do I do? I go Viking style, snow, snow, snow war. I built a little snow fort, got, uh, you know, my shield, my sword, and I'm ready to fucking get down, doggy. But this time I do it in the front yard. So anyone that wants smoke can get the motherfucker, boy. Anyone. I'm talking cars driving by, maybe a neighborhood fucking uh, little neighborhood brat pulls up on me on his pedal bike talking crazy. I hit, his, hit him with the spoke in his bike. I put the sword through there. He falls off the bike. Shut up. You know, he comes in on his high horse, quite literally, put the, put the spike in there and watch him fall to the ground, challenge him to a duel. And I was always a big-ass kid. I'm, I'm just as big as I am now. I've always been too damn big for my fucking age. So I start, you know, challenging a motherfucker my age to a duel. They got it. You know they're smaller. They don't want that shit in. They see my crazy ass with the sword. They're like, hell no, nah, I ain't playing with this dude. And that's honestly why I was playing solo half the time. 
You know, I break a sword out, a motherfucker gets scared. And I don't blame him, rightfully so. If I ran into a young version of me today, I'd run for the hills. I'd run for the hills. I ain't fucking around with that sword. Hell nah. I'm cool, dude. We got a few more things we're going to talk about. Let's get right back into it. I don't know if I ever told you all this, but uh, I mean, I'm sure you guys probably just put the fucking picture together. But when I was probably in seventh and eighth grade, I smoked a lot of weed, you know, and not so like I told you, I never really liked weed all like that. You know, on occasion it was cool. But since my friends were smoking, I mean, I fuck it. I might as well, too. And I smoked a lot of weed that year. Well, you know, something happened. I fell out with them. Something, something. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily remember. I know I stopped kind of kicking them with that crew for a little bit. And so I stopped smoking for a year. And it was my freshman year of high school. So, you know, I was going into like sports were getting a little bit more serious. You know, I'm trying to, uh, you know, get on varsity and, you know, make a name for myself. It's, you know, a different platform. Uh, and I don't want to be, you know, taken back by anything. This is far before I was like bad, bad. So, you know, I, I quit smoking weed for that year and, you know, I enjoyed it. I don't I don't like it. I feel like to me, weed can can more times than not be like a ball and chain. It just holds me back from my full potential. I stop talking and shit. I get really weird. You know, if I get if I smoke too much weed, I get weird. And no one wants to be around me. I stop talking. I stop fucking, you know, paying attention to shit. I'm zoned in. I'm really just in my head thinking about wild shit. So it ain't all that fun for me. And it ain't fun for other people to be around me because I don't bring nothing to the table. Um, you know, and in that year, it was cool. Um, but that next summer rolls around. So I'm go- the summer going into my sophomore year. And one of my buddies starts smoking weed a lot. And, you know, for about six months, I didn't pay it no mind. Um, And then one night something happened. We had a conversation where it was basically like you shouldn't like you. You're you're better off just smoking weed, you know, than doing whatever. Maybe I maybe I was like starting to smoke spice or something stupid. And that shit is way too intense. Let's just be realistic. That shit is way too intense. Y'all ever smoke K2, Spice, anything relevant to it? You know what I'm talking about. They call it synthetic weed. It is not. That is a bad, bad fucking time. Every time, it's too much. It's always too much. Ain't got shit related to weed in it. It's just insane. The only thing similar is you can roll it and you can smoke it. Very similar to the way you can with weed. But the high is a different beast. So my buddy was like, look, bro, you better off just hitting the pipe one time, smoking this weed one time, you know, see if your mind changed any bit. So I'm like, all right, you know what? Fuck it. You know, I'll give it a I'll give it a go. And, you know, so I hit that little that bowl one time. He had this fucking, you know, Sherlock pipe. He looked like Gandalf with this motherfucker. And he's like, go ahead and hit it. He's like, but it ain't it ain't like a normal bowl. This thing gonna fucking hurt. So be easy with it. I don't listen to him. I cream the son of a bitch and get this big ass hit. I'm holding it in. I start coughing and shit. I'm like, God damn. And it took a little bit for it to hit me. You know, it was some fire ass bub, but it took a good five minutes for me to, you know, get hit with it. So we're sitting around the fire. There's a bunch of us there. We're at our buddies. uh, One of our buddies having a 
pool party. So we sitting in the back, back having a fire. There's about, you know, maybe seven people, seven, eight people around the fire talking, having a good time and do like a fucking Mack truck. This thing hit me. Boom. And I leave my body, you know, like it was like the first time smoking weed again. I got so high, left my body. And at one point I felt this is obviously all in my head. It's not like I truly believe this was happening, but I felt myself go in to a girl sitting diagonal to me and I could see my, my, my soul go into her body and I could see the party from her eyes. Right. And I'm like, whoa, wouldn't this be trippy? And I'm like, you know, envisioning all this shit. And I'm like, whoa. And, uh, you know, so I'm fucking having a good time. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to ride this out. It seems kind of cool. Meanwhile, you know, I'm not talking to anyone. I'm so deep into this mind thing that I'm just sitting there relaxed, chilling, being easy. Um, eventually, I like come to and I'm like, Jesus, dude, that was fucking insane. A little bit later there, uh, you know, I go and swat the bowl one more time, have another just weird experience, fucking odd experience. Um, it's still till this day, I am almost positive that whatever I smoked, maybe it was DMT, maybe it was PCP. I don't know what it was. I'm, I'm going to assume it was some DMT. Very, very short lasting, you know, uh, felt like forever, but in the grand scheme of things, maybe 30, 15 to 30 minutes. Uh, and I had smoked DMT later in my life. That's the only reason I can kind of reference what I think that was. Um, but a very, very just trippy experience, like very strange, felt very real. Um, there was like a parts of it where like, I kind of knew that it was all in my head. You know, like no matter how fucking weird it felt or how trippy it got, I was still able to determine like this isn't real. This is just in my head. So enjoy it, but don't fucking lose your shit. And luckily, you know, that's how I've always kind of been able to manage my trips. You know, whenever I'm taking mushrooms or LSD or shit like that, you know, I'm kind of able to sit trip myself Um also, I haven't fucking tripped in probably five, four or five years now. It's been a long time. Um, but when I did, I, you know, I did enough to, to know how to kind of control it. Um, there's times where, you know, shit gets real fucking weird, but not bad trip weird. And I've seen people have bad trips in front of me. I don't want no part to do with it. And even that type of shit, you know, you're just kind of. You're kind of there on standby. You know, shit gets too crazy. What do you do? Everyone's tripping out, so it's hard to make, you know, educated decisions. But I never wanted to be the one to put, you know, my, my friends or, you know, someone around me in the predicament where they got to pick, you know, do we let this dude ride it out or we take him to the hospital? I don't like being in that situation, you know, and I know I know a few cats that that shit's happened to. You know, I luckily I ain't never been there where it gotten that bad, but I know some situations where shit got kind of dark. You know, dudes lost their fucking marbles fucking around with that bullshit. 
And I had a, you know, a pizza delivery guy that used to bring uh, pizzas to the house when, when I lived at my parents. And I didn't know him personally, but I know that he ate a bunch of acid and wasn't the same ever since. So whenever he'd deliver the pizzas, he was very nice, very, very nice kid. But he would always look at the ground. He'd just kind of hand you your stuff, hand you the receipt. He would smile and be polite, but he would never look at you. He would always look at the ground. And it was just like, man, like sometimes those effects are just long lasting. You know, some people just don't come back from it. You know, I've lost friends. I have literally had friends, um, you know, pass away under the influence of hallucinogens, you know, whether it be mushrooms, LSD, things like that. And those are always the hardest things for me to wrap my head around because you have to be so lost and so confused in a moment like that. You know, when an accident happens, you, you're not in the state to where you can help yourself. In moments like that, I mean, that, that can be scary. So my heart goes out to people that have had bad experiences um, and to the people I know and I don't know. You know, I, I hope that you keep these things in mind. Just because I haven't had a bad situation doesn't mean that it's not possible. Doesn't mean that if I decided I wanted to do it today, I couldn't have a bad trip and have something very, very bad come from it. You know, in situations like that, you know, just got to keep things in perspective. Honestly, it's like I've gone soft. It's like, which is a good thing. You know, honestly, it's a good thing. But like, I feel like I am scared of what drugs can do. And maybe it's because I have shit to lose today. You know, and I honestly, I think that is what it, what, why uh, drugs scare the shit out of me. Because I was a raging lunatic. I mean, there wasn't nothing I wouldn't do. You know, I'm doing pills. I'm doing heroin. I'm doing coke. I'm doing meth. I'm doing all the trippy shit. I, I do it all. You know, I would do whatever the fuck was around. And if I liked it enough, I'm going out of my way to do it as much as I can. And nowadays, I, I just couldn't put myself in a situation where I think that that would benefit me in any way. You know, there's a point that you hit as an addict in life, as a recovering addict in life, where you are truly grateful for the things that have changed you, the things that have helped you. Because very, very little of the of the recovery process is your own doing. You know, you're obviously doing the footwork, but you have to be really just willing to change and willing to put in the steps. A lot of it's just other people and other things giving you motivation, pushing you harder, um, you know, teaching you uh, how to love others, how to love yourself. These are all things that other people did and showed me. So it's not necessarily like I was some creative mind that just came up with a way to save myself. You know, like that's not that wasn't the case. It was, I was just willing to learn and accept and figure out how to get better. And I think that's kind of beautiful. You know, there's a lot of people that can be down and out feeling like their situation is, you know, beyond repair. There is no return. And it's just not the case. You know, I've seen people way worse off than me get better, quicker, faster, uh, in a more successful way and are more, you know, enlightened way. Um, so I, I don't count anyone out, you know, and I wouldn't want anyone to count me out. And I'm sure people did. I used some of that to motivate me. You know, the ones that did count me out, 
It was an I'll show you. The ones that counted me in, I don't want to fail you. You know, so I, I let the world influence me in a positive way because I was so used to letting the world influence me in a negative way for all that time, you know? And that's honestly my next topic is just the amount of haters. One means obviously you're doing something right. I think we've heard that our entire lives. If you don't have haters, you ain't doing something right. La da da. But the reality is, is that haters do bring or show signs of success. When you got people that fucking hate on what you're doing, can't stand you, you know, talk down on your name when you're not around, you want to say fuck them, you know? You want to prove them wrong, but you want to, at the end of the day, say fuck them. And honestly, I've had fucking friend groups like that, you know? And I'm cordial with them. I'll still shoot the shit with them, but I definitely don't have no respect for them. You know, I got snake ass people I used to call friends that I could honestly I could care less what the fuck they're doing now I hope nothing bad on them I hope them nothing but the best but these dudes are so busy gossiping about the next motherfucker that they're just poisoning each other's lives you know and maybe they're doing maybe they're doing good things you know maybe they're their idea of success is what they're living up to right now in their life. I, you know, I'm not the person to to judge that. But I do know that for me, having people that will love you to your face and dog you behind your back is a shallow thing. You know, I think you're a shallow person for that type of shit. But then again, I got to put it into perspective. These people were kicking it with me when I was a shallow fucking person. So obviously, misery loves company. We all found each other somehow. You know, I found these people when I had ain't shit else to fucking lose or do. So it only makes sense that I attracted shitty people too. And honestly, you know, it ain't my place to tell them that I think they're shitty people. You know, I stopped kicking it with these people for a reason. It's just because they ain't fucking, they're not taking me anywhere. You know, what do you, what do you have to offer me at this point? And honestly, I was worse off than any of them. I had it fucking worse off than any of those dudes. And I still somehow pulled myself out of it. I let them fucking go because they were toxic and I made a fucking better life for myself. You know, so why, why get caught up? I don't. I let that shit fuel me. You know, when I think about it, yeah, it, it'll make me mad. It'll upset me. But just like anyone, anyone listening to this knows what it's like to have betrayal. You know, it could be from one friend. It could be from 10. It could be from family. It could be from your parents. It could be from anyone. You know what it's like to face betrayal. Once you get over the emotional pain, and which is in, in the long term, very short lasting, you either use that to learn or you let it continue to cripple you. And I'm just not going to let the opinion of a shallow motherfucker influence my life. You know, like I'd be giving them way too much credit if I let their opinions of me matter. You know, like, fuck you. I don't care. You're still going to be a miserable prick with or without me. 
and you're still going to talk shit whether I'm fucking next to you or I completely disown you. I think as a human, you deserve more. They, as a group, deserve more than to be talked about like they aren't human. Maybe the way they had talked about me. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to show them love. You know, I can show sympathy without having to be loving and giving. And I can be respectful without... Uh, being weak, you know, and I'm pretty sure if you guys have been through this, which I'm sure most of you have, uh, it's just a part of life that you understand, you know, that, um, and I, honestly, you know, it's, it's a, it's kind of a beautiful thing once you come out on top, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a battle you never knew you had. It's a, it's a part of you. You never knew you had in you. And that's where characters built, you know, characters built and, hard and shitty times you get betrayed you fucking take it as a learning lesson you vow to never fucking make that mistake again what did you learn from it good keep moving keep moving forward i mean when i put my life in perspective today it's uh it's insane the amount of knowledge i was able to retain uh, and in in my life experiences, I'm grateful to have been open to learning um, and, and approaching things with an open mind so that I could learn more. Because without that, who knows? I'd, I'd still be probably kicking it with these shallow motherfuckers. And they'll still try to put shit together. You know, I feel like they just tried to get us all to get together a few weeks ago. I don't even respond. I don't even say shit. And that's okay. You know, I, that's okay. Um, it's insane. It's, it's insane where life will take you. It's insane where life comes back around every time, you know, going back to my childhood friends, seeing them at my buddy's diaper party was amazing. I mean, it was absolutely, it was beautiful. Those are dudes that obviously love me unconditionally. They have since we were kids. So I don't question their loyalty. When I'm with them or not, if I'm fucking up, they come to me and tell me they don't have to go tell the next motherfucker, you know, they don't have to go tell someone else to gossip. They just come bring it to me. Yo, dickhead, you're fucking up. That's what real friendship is. You know, that's where your your real loyalty should lie with the people who don't care about bashing your name. They're there to just make you better. And call you out when you're not. When you're not being better. End rant. I hope you guys can relate to that. I'll shut the fuck up about, you know, fake friends and all that shit. Uh, <laughs> let's keep the episode going, guys. Oh, my God. This. So, here's one last thing. I We're going to hit a few current events, okay? Some current events before I close off the episode. Um, what about Texas. If you guys don't know what's going on in Texas right now, they're getting hit with like negative 15 degree weather, eight inches of snow, and Texas ain't made to get hit with that type of shit. So it's easy for us in the Midwest to, you know, oh, you guys can't handle some snow. You guys can't handle some cold weather. Maybe, you know, if we were talking about Indiana being absolutely ran through because they couldn't handle the snow, maybe. But the reality is, is that the the homes the cities weren't built 
to handle that type of uh, weather, you know? So they don't have the, the right equipment. Their shit wasn't built the right way. So yeah, they are feeling some backlash and it's a, it's honestly a terrible thing. People are dying. I heard nursing homes are going without power. Like that's, that is sickening to me. But what's even more sickening, uh, I got a friend, Rachel, who's, I'd say well-educated. I'm not going to say she's deep into politics. She's well-educated um, when it comes to political things. And she posted on her Instagram story a picture of Ted Cruz and his family at the airport getting ready to go to, I believe, Cancun, um, which is insane to me. Like you, your state, the great state of Texas is literally freezing over and you're going on a vacation with your family it's it's insane to me but here's the thing ted cruz gives a bad name not just to republicans but to the human race i mean this dude is only out for himself and honestly i I don't think that i'm the only one that thinks this way i mean the dude's literally a piece of shit there's no if ands or buts around it. I mean, the dude is a self-centered fucking asshole. I don't even like to talk about politics. But when I saw this, it enraged me. It literally made me so fucking mad. Here's the thing. You, you better, you fucking better be down there doing something useful with your time. And if your dumbass thought you were going to go to Cancun and bring the sunshine back with you, you're a fucking idiot, dude. Then that's facts. I just don't get it. I don't understand. Uh, and I'm honestly, I'm praying for the South in general, Louisiana. I was watching videos of electrical surges because they're fucking, you know, they're um, shit's freezing over. Uh, what the fuck is it called? Their power lines are freezing over and electrical surges. It's fucking insane. It looks crazy. So I'm praying for the Southern states of the, you know, the United States. I hope that we find a solution. I'm sure they're actively working on getting some things figured out, but there's a lot of people on the line. There's a lot of lives innocent lives i mean this is just mother nature doing work and it scares me you know i don't i don't want to see this happen and i don't want people to have to lose their lives because of something like this so if you guys don't know what's going on in texas do a little bit do some research you know keep updated on it uh it's some terrible things going on um and i hope that better days are to come and i'm sure that they will um once again, guys, thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out to hear me ramble the fuck on. Um, it's the first time that I'm the mind if I crash in a long time. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to get you guys some content with two junkies in a juice box. If that's the case, obviously, um, you guys will see us post that as well. So um, thanks, guys, and we'll see you really soon.